Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leon Segev on cliffcentral.com. And welcome to another episode of Talking Tech. This time is sponsored by MTN Business. What do we need just about more than anything in today's digital world is to protect your data. Well, MTN Business has the solution, something that looks after your bottom line, grows your top line, and safeguards your data. That's MTN Business Cloud. MTN Business Cloud has been created to build African businesses and is powered by the world-leading cloud solution from Microsoft. Big and small businesses can benefit from this truly hybrid solution, leveraging MTN's business network. For more information, email sales at mtnbusiness.co.za or visit mtnbusiness.co.za. That's sales at mtnbusiness.coza or go directly to the website mtnbusiness.co.za. Welcome to the new world of business. I have a big company with many sites across Africa, each needing a hefty investment in hardware and software. And it's such a waste. So many resources are unused for most of the month. You need MTN Business Cloud powered by Microsoft technology. Our scalable solution enables you to manage your infrastructure, which allows you to buy exactly what you need. With a footprint covering over 23 countries, isn't it time you found out about the cloud solution built to build African businesses? Welcome to the new world of business. Right, starting off our show today. Today's all about Microsoft. We've got Microsoft from gaming, we've got Microsoft from productivity. So in case you weren't in South Africa or you happen to be sleeping, this weekend we had an amazing conference called Rage. It wasn't one of those normal techie conferences, but this time it's all to do with gaming. Um, it's the equivalent kind of of the gaming sex bio, I suppose, for all the geeks who want to get together and get all really, really excited about everything that's happening there. So I went to attend sex, uh, not sex bio, rage, no, sex bio as well. That's a different discussion. Um, that's John T. show finding us. But yeah, let's go check out what actually happened down um, from there. I'm just going to put play on this. Try again. And... And today we are there at we Rage. Go. Now, for those who don't know, Rage is the equivalent of, what would you say? Sexpo. Sexpo, yeah. Sexpo for guys, games, geeks, uh, cosplay, all that's all happening today. We're going to go check some stuff out. We're going to check some games. We're going to check some of the companies, see what they're up to. Some girls. Okay, she said it, not me. But if she insists, we might as well go for it, right? All right, well, let's do it. Rage is the annual gaming event, which is on every gaming enthusiast calendar. Held at the Ticket Pro Dome in North Cape, Johannesburg, where over a course of a weekend, thousands of professional gamers, amateurs, hobbyists, and those simple button pushers flood into the dome to get their hands on yet to be released games. At this year, we saw titles such as Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Assassin's Creed, Syndicate, and Star Wars Battalion, but these were not final releases, so no photography was allowed. There's plenty to do for those who are there just to check things out, regardless of the gaming level. Ask questions before you whip out those credit cards. I'm here because I love Rage. I'm here every year, all three days, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Rage is like where I can escape, like escape to play Rage. I love it here, I love new games, watching, and I'm standing in a Black Ops 3 line because uh, I'm a competitive Black Ops 3 player on PS4. Uh, so me and my squad, we call the squad, we're going to be playing Black Ops 3 now. 
Actually, just playing this game because I haven't got a chance. I haven't been in there yet. I heard there's Astros, Astro headsets in there, and also um, scuff controllers. So, so you left the yeah, probably. And I'll, I'm actually keen for today because there's so less people here today. So I'm going to be playing all the games today. Um, my name is Francis. I work with ASUS. So I'm their technical product representative. And what we've done is we've We've done what we call a scratch mod. So with computer hardware, there's a lot of customization that people like to do. So one of the things they do is they buy a case that uh, comes out of market and then they start to modify it and put water coolers in and custom lighting. And then to take it one step further, we go into what we call the scratch modding. Scratch modding is where you have an idea in your head and then you draw it out technically and then get the metal all cut. So you'll see we've done laser cutting to represent Republic of Gamers. And then the whole scheme inside, all the, all the lighting, all the custom cabling has all been redone, all inspired by the Asus Republic of Gamers. Hi, I'm Campbell Thompson. I am the product manager of uh, Razer products in South Africa. Um, and we're here to speak about the uh, o uh, Razer OSVR. Some of, the, some of the main differences compared to some of the competitors are also bringing out these uh, VR headsets. Um, two words, open source. So open source hardware, if you are a techie, you can actually download the schematics of this headset and create your own. Also open source software, where you can actually um, make your, your, game, your games, whether you're a small indie or major, major multi-million dollar corporation pumping out AAA games, um, you can make this uh, headset compatible with, with your software and also uh, open source with regards to plugins. Availability. Um, this, uh, the Razer OSVR will be released in the United States. Uh, they are pushing for, release, for a December 2015 release date um, at a recommended retail price of 299 US dollars. It will be available in South Africa through e-tailers um, and you are looking at an indicative recommended retail price of 4,000 Rand. Okay, hi, my name is Joe Kruger. I'm the Xbox Channel Marketing Manager for South Africa and welcome to Rage 2015. On our stand today, you'll see the rise of the Tomb Raider, Forza, Motorsport 6, Gears of War. We've got a great idea at Xbox games such as Cuphead, Wasteland 2, Flame in the Flood, and we also have some excellent catalog titles like Mortal Kombat, Metal Gear Solid, as well as Batman Arkham Knight. What, what we are landing in South Africa is the greatest games lineup in Xbox history. We also have our Windows 10 ecosystem in the back where you can experience streaming your Xbox One to the Windows 10 PC. What, what we are waiting for for the rest of the year of 2015 is Halo 5 Guardians launching on the 27th of October. After that we've got Rise of the Tomb Raider on which we have a year exclusivity launching on the 13th of November. Next year we are looking forward to Quantum Break, Scalebound as well as um, Crackdown. Sorry, I forgot that one. Rage has been phenomenal this year. We have seen a lot of people um, coming onto the Xbox One stand. We are estimating our numbers to be right around about 12,000 people with hands on the Xbox One controllers. And we are excited to actually have exclusive games on the stand, which have not, not been seen before in South Africa. My name is Kayla. My name is Selena. My name is Taylor. Because I want to have fun with my friends. I'm here because she invited me and I want to have fun. 
I'm here because I'm here to experience all the new games and have fun with them. Mine was when you had to put those goggles on and then you and then it looks like you go like on a track and stuff. The Oculus. Mine would have to be the um, the face paint because there's a lot of cool things that you can do with them. And this is one of the Skylanders and this is also one of the Skylanders. I've got a Wii, iPad and an iPhone. I've got an iPad and a phone. I got Wii, PlayStation, iPad and three phones. Right, so that was that. That was um, a summary of Rage. Um, what was very, very cool was that it was a mix of people. It was people very, very young, as you heard at the very end. She doesn't need to Wii. She has a Wii, which is a console, just just for the record. Um, but yeah, it was very, very cool. Um, Brett, are you with us? Hello. You're on the line, Brett? Can you hear me? Uh, there we go. Brett, you there? Hello, how are you? All right, good. How was Rage for you? Man, it was fantastic. Definitely the best rage I've been to in a long, long time. There was so much to see, so much to do, so much to talk about. Damn, it was hectic. Right, what, was, what were some of your highlights that you really kind of stood out for you? Look, you know, I was there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Jeez. I was running around all over the place. Hardcore. But um, definitely some of my highlights was the new Star Wars Battlefront and the new Rise of the Tomb Raider games that are eventually eventually coming out that we couldn't take photos of which was frustrating but it was very frustrating right (laughs) um and uh definitely in my mind what was really exciting to see and very cool to see was the development of cosplay i don't know if you saw much of that yeah yeah of course oh it was fantastic people put so much effort into it it was the level of detail and commitment it was insane. so, so brett for the uninitiated what is cosplay Oh, sorry. Okay, so cosplay um, is just a fancy way of saying costume play, where people dress up as their favorite gaming character or movie character or whatever the case may be. And if you look at some of the guys that have taken out of World of Warcraft or League of Legends or any other massively online multiplayer, and they've crafted their own costumes around it, and it looked unbelievable. So that was one of the cool highlights. It was unique. I haven't seen that mm-hmm. in ages at Rage. You know, there was also some cool cosplay, but... This was on a different level this year. But, um, uh, ex- besides the games, yeah. Uh, I think, Brett, with, with a lot of kind of um, like Comic-Con in the States, which is kind of where all this is originating from, is it, you think it's finally making its way to South Africa? I do. I do think it is. I think we're finally getting to see that the geek culture here in South Africa, not maturing just yet, but getting to a point where, we're, where, where we are taken note of, right. where, we can, where we can start seeing almost like regional launches here at Rage and, and similar events. I don't know of many similar events, but um, Rage is definitely becoming the geek event of the year. It's like the equivalent of an E3 just in Africa. It's, it's great to see, and I think we're going to just see it bigger and better as the years go forward. Well, what was interesting for me is that a lot of people actually flew in from around the country to come and actually stand in queues for two hours to watch a 15-minute preview trailer yes. of the upcoming movie. Now, I mean, upcoming game. I mean, to me, that's a bit insane, right? It really, you know what, man, <laughs> I tried to stand in the lines and I'm, I'm a very uh, a busy guy in my mind. So I'm always thinking of something else. I couldn't stand there for that long. <laughs> but um, the guys literally were sleeping. There was a guy sleeping outside the Black Ops 3 booth waiting to get in. 
uh, that morning, first thing. And these guys take it really seriously. But, you know, they're passionate, and it's awesome to see that kind of passion when it comes to gaming. And it's more than just about the games. It's also about getting people together to talk about something that, that they love. And that's what's really cool to see uh, happening. Look, I mean, we've seen a lot of competitive, competitive gaming happening around the world where the prize money is insane. I mean, it's in the millions and yes. millions of dollars. Um, and the guys are... You know, when they think they're up in the room just playing games, they're actually what they call training because you train with a squad. You train with a whole bunch of people. And the guys take it that seriously because there's proper money involved in this. There really is. I mean, we, I was sitting there with the prize giving at the end of the, at the end of the day on Sunday and guys and a lot of people, again, you're so. Oh, think we lost you. Great. Games. And here in South Africa, esports is just starting to develop. Right. But we had at Rage live commentary of esports games going on. I can't remember the game specifically, and my geeks are going to get angry with me for that. But um, it was it was amazing. You had five major teams um, getting together, playing real esports games, and winning prize money. And I think I think it was a million rands worth of prizes. Um, that was given away at the end of the day. It's it's fantastic, and it's great to see that kind of development. Well, and also I think the the fact that the console has taken hold so strongly, and it's no longer just a console for the games, but you watch your movies on, you can extend it. Um, and I like with the Xbox, for example, with Windows Ten, you can get it to stream to to your to your PC around the house. So it's a kind of moving away from this being this in the bedroom geek kind of thing, something that the whole family can play. Are you finding that as well? I. You know, I'm more of a middle ground when it comes to that, and I think it does depend on the brand. I know Xbox very nicely is integrating itself into your whole home entertainment center, and I think that's beautiful. You're able to do everything you want through your Xbox One now. And I think other brands um, are focusing very much on the gaming. Uh, as in, it's a gaming console, that's it, guys. Oh, and everything else is nice too. Xbox is definitely integrating itself throughout and playing games on top of that. So... I think in a few years, we're definitely going to see the, con- the, ha- the home console being the center of your entertainment regardless. I mean, everything is streaming now. Everything is going online. You can get your movies, your videos, everything you ever wanted. There's not really much need for a normal satellite dish anymore. Sure. Everything is online. And that's why I think the consoles will eventually just naturally evolve being that center of entertainment at your home. Uh, bandwidth dependent, um, obviously. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, that's uh, our, <laughs> that's our problem. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's one of those things. Um, I saw you walking around with all with all your equipment and your GoPros and all of those. Are we? Can we expect a movie from you? Yeah, I'm busy editing. I'm busy editing now, so hopefully you'll be out at the end of the day. Um, my back is killing me <laughs> carrying around that bag all day for three days. It's hectic. But uh, cool. yeah, we're gonna have a, a quick little vlog, um, just showcasing a bit of uh, what's happened at you at um, Rage. Rageful, yeah, thanks. At <laughs> the last three days, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, you get people get to see their faces. It's all about the fun at the end of the day. Fantastic. So, Brett, people want to get a hold of you. Can they follow you on Twitter? Yes, please do. You can follow me uh, at Brett McGill. I was an early guy, so at yeah. Brett McGill on Twitter, and you can find me on Instagram at Brett McGill. Uh, Brett underscore McGill. You can find me there. Okay, perfect. So once it's up, you'll tweet the links, and we'll be able to share them as well. Totally. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us, mate. Awesome, thanks. All right, have a good one. Cheers. This is All Right, so that was Rage. I mean, kind of a whole combination of things for everybody to see. Um, there was some really cool art as well. The guys who hand drawing comics as well, which was kind of nice to see this going way beyond just the online world that's actually kind of in hand as well. So with that in mind, joining me after the break, we're going to be starting to speak to um, Ariel from Microsoft, 
We're going to be talking about Skype. We're talking about Skype for business. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions saying, well, what the hell's the difference? So we'll answer all those questions straight after this. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. And we are back. And in studio, we have got Ariel from Microsoft, who is the Application and Services Business Lead, Microsoft South Africa. Is that right? That's right. Okay. That sounds, sounds, sounds good. What does that mean <laughs> for those of us who don't read business cards? What do you do? Yeah, I look after the productivity products for Microsoft South Africa. So basically anything that has Office, Skype, or Project in it. Okay. So that's quite a broad, uh, a broad, broad terms, right? Yeah. It's a anything pretty broad portfolio. Anything to do with productivity. Okay. So which is in Microsoft, the new strategy means basically everything because everything's coming together. It's all interconnected. Reinventing productivity is one of our major focuses. It's one of our principal goals. Okay. So now most of us have grown up with kind of having Office as the go-to tool. You know, you buy your machine, it comes with Windows, you then go buy Office, you get your Excel, your Outlook, your Word, PowerPoint. The geekier people had access as well to do some database development. Um, and that's kind of evolved over time. So what's that been like for, for you guys at Microsoft? Mm, it's been a fantastic journey. Uh, and in the last few years, the pace has just accelerated exponentially. So already 10 years ago, we started moving uh, in addition to the desktop applications. We also had server components. So obviously, we had email servers. We had uh, capabilities to manage documents within larger businesses. We then went into real-time communications uh, with our link products. And then in the last few years, it's really been about the shift to the cloud with Office 365. So when we shifted into the cloud with Office 365, we took all of those capabilities and we made them available from Microsoft data centers. And over the last three years, that shift into the productivity cloud has just been phenomenal. In South Africa, too, the uptake, is, the uptake has been tremendous. And we have many, many, many customers in South Africa that are leveraging those capabilities today. Okay, so one of the big questions that's been popping up kind of again and again, um, specifically when I kind of I tweeted that you were coming on to the show, um, was to do with Office 365. So just before we get into that, guys, if you want to join the conversation, it's at cliffcentral.com on Twitter or the WeChat ID is Cliff Central, or get a hold of me at Liron underscore S-E-G-E-V. And if you want to, you can DM, so it's kind of remain anonymous. I don't know, some people choose to do that. I don't know why. But, okay, getting back into this. So, uh, Mark, Angie, a whole bunch of people say, look, we don't understand what Office 365 is. Do I still install something? Do I work off the cloud? What happens if I'm on a plane? Do I still have access to my documents and Word and all of those? So I think maybe let's go take kind of a, a step back. In the past, we used to get a CD, those round kind of spinny things that you stick into your machine, um, and you installed the software, you put the CD in your cupboard, you installed the CD key, it activated you, and you were good to go. How's that changed now with Office 365? So it's changed in many different ways. I think the first thing is that Office 365 is the brand that refers to the subscription version of our productivity products that are hosted out of the Microsoft Data Center. And that has got a number of different components. There's the desktop applications that people know, like Word, PowerPoint, Access, Excel, mm-hmm. etc. And it's the subscription version of those applications. I'll come back to that in a minute. In addition to that, it's also our hosted email capabilities, our hosted file share capabilities, our hosted document management capabilities, our hosted real-time communications capabilities, and much more. It's continuously evolving. There's new capabilities that we are bringing out all of the time. Okay. So so the let's just get back to that subscription. I think the, the terminology of 
what's in the cloud versus what's on my physical machine. Can we explain that? Yeah, absolutely. And there we actually provide choice to our customers. So with Office 365, you have the choice whether or not you want to use a lightweight scenario where you're accessing your uh, productivity suite through a web browser. So you can, for example, use the web app of Word, the web app of Excel, or the web app of PowerPoint uh, for your users that have got lightweight requirements. And then for your typical user that sits behind a desk for many hours a day needs to do some serious work, you have the desktop applications that install on your machine um, as you used to it. The only difference is that instead of you having to buy a copy for every single machine that you own, you are now uh, able to subscribe as a user and you're able to install it on multiple machines. You're also able legally. to... In- legally. Okay. Cause yeah. I just, just want to be clear because yeah. there's a lot of Chinese, mm-hmm. Far East, where yeah, absolutely. maybe one copy is legal in the whole yeah. country. So we've got, for example, in the consumer space, an offering called Office 365 Home which is an offering for the entire household. So you get the ability to install it on up to five PCs or Macs, five tablets, five mobile phones uh, within the family. And then in the workplace, for a business, you have the ability per user to have five PCs or Macs, five tablets, five phones. And remember that we've now released mobile applications for iPhone, for iPad, for Android tablets, and Android phones. So you have the ability to use it across all of those devices with just one subscription. Okay, so are we still installing something? If I don't want to use the web version of this, I'm still I'm able with my subscription fee, it gives me an option to physically install something on my machine. Absolutely. If you okay. choose to buy the subscription for the desktop applications, you can install it on your machine. And that way, when you don't have an internet connection, if you're on a plane, if you're on a train, you can absolutely work offline. And when you have a connection again, that can then synchronize back with the cloud. Okay, because I mean, I, I think that's kind of, uh, the, as far as I can see, the biggest confusion between your web versus your, what, what do I actually own? So has, is, is this basically software as a service now? It is 100% software as a service. Okay, so I pay my, as long as I pay my subscription, um, and it, and it's a, a man, a monthly amount, right? Depending, so on, depending on what I've, cho- what there's I've chosen. Different billing arrangements right. for different types of customers, but typically it could be a monthly or an annual subscription, yes. Okay. Um, so versus kind of, um, paying it a once off and then it being updated. And if you haven't chosen one of those upgradable packages, you're pretty much stuck with a version you've bought at that stage. Correct. Now, Office 2006, 2016 has launched. Um, and I, I'm, I happen to have been with you guys out in, in New York at that time. And basically it just happened. I mean, I would logged on and said, would you like it? I said, yes. And ta-da. And now I'm running 2016. Is that kind of the way we're going? That's absolutely the way we're going. So we were running into a scenario where we had developed and innovated many different new features and capabilities, and many of our customers were not getting access to that because of the delay in actually installing, uh, because of some of the costs involved with a business having to upgrade their infrastructure. When you're offering software as a service, the ability to roll that out very simply Mm. and without the customer having to incur those additional costs makes a massive difference and allows you to bring that innovation to your customers very quickly. And the nice thing is there's a cross-platform now as well. Um, We're quite shocked to see um, Microsoft on stage with Apple. That was kind of a, I don't know, the internet broke at that stage. It was clearly a glimpse in the system, in the matrix. Um, But, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's um, your customers are everywhere. Absolutely. Um, And regardless of what their platform is, they should be able to access good old word. It's a whole new world, and while we love our devices and we love Windows on those devices, we think we've got some fantastic value that we offer in that space. We also need our software as a service to stand on its own two feet, and we want to make that available to the broader set of users in the world and make sure that no matter what device they're using, they have the best productivity experience. And, And it seems to be paying off. 
Well, we certainly from the feedback, right? We're certainly getting some very positive feedback about the new approach. Okay, fantastic. So now, um, Windows 10, kind of obviously that's that's the, the the big thing happening at the moment. 110 million. What's the number? Yeah, that was the last number that was right. released. That uh, we have passed 110 million mark in terms of activations. And again, that's quite a significant number. It's a very significant number. You would have seen in the press that we are anticipating and we, our goal is to cross the billion mark within a couple of years of launch. And it seems to be definitely heading, heading in, that, in, in that direction. Look, I mean, it's been one of those kind of, um, like an anticipated software package that you got people involved very, very early. Um, and people, you know, once you're involved in the process, you're obviously going to install it once it come, once it comes around. But it was quite a long beta, dare I say, a lot of people involved in the development of that. Um, and now it's nice and stable, installs beautifully, press the button, says it's ready. If you've reserved your copy, it's available, and install it and make it go. But there seems to be some delays. Some of the OEMs still haven't released some drivers for it. I think that's kind of holding a couple of people back. Um, dear Sony, thank you. Um, I can't upgrade because something isn't compatible at this stage. don't know what, what the deal is. Um, but it seems to be going well. I mean, a lot of my other machines seem to have just installed it and no issues whatsoever. So, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. A, it's, it's, the, it's the way it seems to be going. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Windows is a very interesting direction that we've chosen to go. A while ago, we we, we stated that we believed in this a scenario whereby you can have a single operating system across multiple form factors. Uh, that was, I think, a fairly unique position within the market. Yeah, yeah. And uh, initially, perhaps we got some feedback that our first take at it wasn't as successful as we would have liked it to be. But certainly, we seem to have done a better job with this release of Windows 10. And the uptake and the feedback has certainly been very positive. No, no, sounds very, very cool. Um, the one thing we do want to get into very much so is the Skype because there's a lot of confusion around that. Skype for business versus my regular Skype that my grandparents can see the grandkids. Um, what's the difference? We're going to get into that straight after this. This is CliffCentral.com. Our clients are the lifeblood of our business, and keeping their data safe is critical. I'm worried that client data in the wrong hands could cost us. With MTN Business Cloud powered by Microsoft Technology, your data is secured in world-class data centers based in South Africa. It's always available, backed up, and complies with South African laws, ensuring that you and your clients are always protected. With a footprint covering 23 countries, isn't it time you found out about a cloud solution built to build African businesses? Welcome to the new world of business. So we are back and we are here with Ariel from Microsoft and we've been talking about office productivity and we're talking about all things that make your business go amazingly well, right? Because I mean, without Word, without email, without Excel, very hard to run a business these days without those kind of productivity tools. What do people actually do? Pen and paper? I would assume. <laughs> I'm not quite sure to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Is there a world without Excel? That's the question. Yeah, for some people, there's a word without Excel, but certainly every oh, business right. that I work with has Excel somewhere in there. That's got to be. I mean, it's <laughs> even from basic stuff, even from your home things. I mean, I've done quite one of the cool apps called One Vondolists, which is uh, I'm really enjoying. It's quite a nice Microsoft bought little uh, little company, um, but that's quite cool. It gives your to-do lists really some power, um, and you can share your to-do list with other people, get them to add into that. So it's all about productivity and working with teams, collaboration. Yeah, I'm a massive Wonderlist fan. I've adopted it wholesale, use it at home, Completely. I use it at work with the various teams that I work with. It's just really given me the additional mobility component to task management, and everyone's got tasks that they need to deal with. Mm. So I'm really excited about that acquisition, and I'm looking forward to how that 
capability is going to be integrated into the traditional office stack. That's the one thing that for me was um, a little bit lacking is the tasks were great on Outlook if you were within the same network. But as soon as you left that network and you worked on externally, you kind of had an issue, especially with mobile and getting your tasks to synchronize. That was a bit of a, a bit of a, of, of a fight. But now with Wunderlist, is it Wunderlist? It's a German company, right? It is a German company, right. yeah. Um, Wunderlist. So, uh, Wunderlist, yeah. So Wunderbar. Um, so with this, you know, you want to integrate that in deeper into the Office suite. I think we're going to have an amazing product. Um, I, I, the fact that you can assign tasks to different people and you can get them to tick things off a list, to me, that's great. And that you can have a reminder date. So a lot of stuff I want to do right now, but you find the call center, the person's not available. It's, it's always something. And you keep, then you forget. You said, oh, no, I'll just get to it because it's one quick phone call, but then you forget. With this, you can just kind of say, just remind me again in, you know, tomorrow and remind me the next day, and it will just do it for you. Um, it is a bit much when your wife gets onto Vondelist too, um, and now there's lots of please buy this on the way home and please do that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a filter again, an anti-buying filter. Must be coming out. Yeah, I see you fell into the same trap that I did. I thought I was being clever by assigning tasks to my wife, but that certainly came back and snowballed on me. It, it does. It does come back and hit you, right? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so let's talk about Skype because I mean that's kind of um, uh, 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 a lot of questions have come through to do specifically with Skype because there's Skype that we know and we've loved and we've grown, you know, grown with over the years. But now there's Skype for business. What's the difference? Good. So let me start off with people that were familiar with our previous unified communications or real-time communications product called Link. <clears throat> Excuse me. For those people that did use it and do know it, this is the next version of our real-time communications product. We've rebranded it Skype for Business and we've made some modifications. So essentially what we have now is an interface that looks very similar to the consumer Skype that you know, that as you say, you've used to call relatives, grandparents and keep in touch with family. But now it's made for the business. It's made for the workplace. And there's a few very important distinctions between consumer Skype and business Skype. When you're talking about business Skype, number one, it's aware of the context of a business. So in consumer Skype, you add all of your contacts. These are people that you know, you add them one by one. Now, even if you're in a small business of 50 people, you don't want to sit there adding every contact individually. Imagine if you're in a company of 10,000 people. Now, needs to understand the concept of a directory, a business directory. And everyone that's on that directory needs to be visible to you and available to you. You don't add them one by one to your contacts list. Right. So is this like an active directory integration? So it plugs into your active directory. It understands your active directory and it then has the ability to give you access and communicate with those people. Okay. So that's the first thing is it understands the context of a business. The second thing is that you have additional management control and you have additional security control that is important within a business context. So for the IT administrators that are on there, they can do things like plugging it into the network in such a way that they can control the quality of service. They have the ability to restrict what kind of content can be sent across that network. They have the ability to keep tabs on what kind of calls are being made, etc. So that's the second key distinction. And then the third one, which I think is really important, is that it has the ability to become your meeting room conferencing solution as well as your telephony solution. So Skype for Business can actually replace the PBX in your office. Right. It can also plug into the uh, high-end cameras that you've got in your boardroom in order to provide you with a full-blown meeting conferencing experience. Okay. So I mean, we 
like to have kind of a face-to-face meeting. That's ideal, and if you can do it all the time, that's great. But it's not really practical all the time. Um, even in your local, within your local city, your local environment, you know, it's just not really with traffic just to pop out to go see someone. So this could replace this quite easily. It's an important aspect to it. So we talk about the modern workplace and how the modern workplace is different to what we used to. Uh, before it was nine to five, if you weren't at mm. work, if you weren't in the building, then you weren't able to work because all the tools that you needed were right there. Sure. That's no longer our paradigm. And uh, businesses, to be honest, are a little bit slow in terms of catching up to that. Smaller businesses, out of necessity, have, have been to. faster mm. in order to use the tools that are available to them. Bigger businesses are still on a learning curve. And in South Africa, we're a couple of years behind compared to other places but more and more as we engage with businesses here in South Africa we see that from a facilities management perspective as they buy new buildings as they renovate buildings they're thinking about what does a modern workplace look like we no longer have dedicated spaces to people we've got a combination of different workspaces that will suit different types of working styles and working environments so you've got your hot desking environment Mm -hmm. for people that need to come in and they need to be able to work for a while you've got your telephone booth for people that need to have a private conversation You've got conferencing rooms for people that need to be able to work together as a team. And then you've got your traditional boardrooms for more formal meetings. And the trick here is that you need a set of capabilities and tools that are not going to tie you down to a physical space. They have to be able to follow you around. So we, for example, just recently renovated our Microsoft offices in Bryanston. And everybody was like these uh, professional refugees. They didn't have a particular place to go. They were out in the garden. They were at a coffee bar. They were wherever. It didn't really matter because – as long as they had their PC with them or their mobile with them, they were able to still communicate, gotcha. have conference calls, uh, talk to people, and continue with their day jobs. So effectively, it doesn't matter where you are. As long as you've got some sort of connectivity, it will find you. Absolutely. That's, That's the trick. That's the trick. And obviously, more and more, we're working with uh, individuals that are not in the same city as us. Our companies are expanding to different cities. We're working with partners that are sitting in different places. We're outsourcing more work to other people that live on the opposite end of the world. And also, in terms of our modern lifestyle, it's important for companies to be able to offer their employees the flexibility of fitting their work schedule into their lifestyle in a way that makes sense to that them. That makes sense, right. Okay, so uh, um, Angie sent a tweet saying, Skype for business sounds great, um, but we've had something called Google Hangout. Um, how are the two different? All right, so I think one of the major differences, and I'm going to focus more on the Skype for Business piece, but one of the major differences is that Google Hangouts is a consumer product that was then made available to uh, the Google Apps Suite. Um, On the other hand, the Skype for Business piece is something that was developed from the ground up for enterprises, and as a result has got a lot more of the business capabilities that you would require from a security point of view, a management point of view, even from an SLA point of view built into it, uh, especially from the way that we make uh, our uh, technology available in the cloud. We provide for businesses a financially backed service level agreement, 99.9% uptime across all of our services, and we make sure that it has the right scale for businesses. We also make sure that it integrates seamlessly into all of the other applications that businesses are using. So you mentioned Active Directory before. It also integrates seamlessly into their email environment being their exchange environment typically into the Outlook uh, calendar 
monitoring that people are used to. So it's very, very simple for you to, instead of booking a normal meeting, uh, book a Skype for Business right, meeting, right, right. and it becomes a very seamless experience across all of your different productivity tools. Well, yeah, I saw that even when I use kind of Excel or Word now with 2016, I can share a document, and instead of having to attach it in an email and send it out, I could just create a meeting and have the document sent through via Skype as well. Yeah, we so collaborate on the same document again. Yeah, so increasing and improving the way that people can collaborate on the same content has improved in the latest release, in the latest innovation wave. And through Skype for Business, multiple people can be working on the same content at the same time uh, while speaking to each other via a video conference and through a web conference. And the beauty is that it can scale up to, for a typical meeting, as many as 250 users. Right. And uh, if you wanted to go bigger than that, we're also about to launch something called Skype Broadcast, which essentially allows you to then broadcast that out to a massive audience using the streaming capabilities in our cloud that are the same ones we used for broadcasting the Olympics. So like a a webinar, if I want to open it up to the world, I can can perhaps do that? Yeah, absolutely. And you've had capabilities, for example, Hangouts on Air, which was available in the consumer space. Mm -hmm. We're now giving you that same capability, but you can even ring fence it from a privacy perspective for your business so that the content is protected, but you don't have to go and invest in these massive server farms in order for you to be able to do that. So if from a training point of view, you want to get new policies, new procedures, new material out to your business, you've got branches all over the country or all over the the world, world, you can stream that content out. There's many different applications for video streaming um, that you might want to take advantage of. And now something called Skype Translator. So I've seen the demo of it. I've seen someone do it on stage with Niha Kontana as well, kind of all in China. What is Skype um, Translator? So Skype Translator is uh, fantastic. It gives us a glimpse into the future a little bit in terms of it being able to take one language and translate it into an alternative language for the person on the other end. So if you've got someone uh, who doesn't speak the same language as you, they have the ability to still communicate. So, I mean, the types of demonstrations that you typically see is school kids from different parts of the world right. speaking to each other via Skype translator and that ability to now bridge that cultural divide, not just the geographic divide is phenomenal. So uh, this is a very exciting part of uh, what we've been doing from a research and development point of view. And it's obviously something that we're going to continue investing in in order for it to help make people a little bit more capable in terms of connecting with each other. And and just to be clear, this is real time. In other words, it's not um, saying something and then somebody types it out and then hit translate and then somebody types it out on the other side. I'm talking to you like I'm talking to you now. I could be speaking one language, you another language. We could just be communicating as we are at the moment, right? That's correct. You have to give it a bit of a no, pause no. so that it can translate for you. Give it a second. But uh, <laughs> yes, it's not someone in the back end busy doing That's a translation, and a manual text. translation. It's audio, it's, um, it's real, and it's real time. You can have a combination of closed caption and you can have right. audio as well. Okay, so Natasha sent a tweet out saying, um, this is Africa. Will we have any of the African languages available here? So I don't have any information for you in terms of timelines for African languages, but uh, we've got a lot of people that are up and coming on the African continent, and it's surely just a matter of time before we're able to have African languages supported as well. So we need demand. People must demand it. Is that what you're trying to say? Okay. It always uh, helps. It always, it always helps to have a bit of a, a little bit of a, a a little bit of a push, right? Absolutely. So what's next? What else is happening? I mean, you guys never sleep. Um, clearly, um, what what else can we expect that's coming that's coming out? 
So one of the most exciting things that's happening in the next couple of months is uh, we're now expanding this communications concept further, and we're talking about now universal communication, so expanding even beyond what we call unified communications. And the next step for us is uh, what we're now calling cloud PBX. And essentially, I spoke about the fact that mm-hmm. uh, your Skype for Business could replace the PBX within your business. Uh, you now have the ability to even shift that into the cloud. You don't even have to have that particular piece of hardware sitting in the infrastructure in your environment. So you can imagine for smaller businesses um, and even larger businesses being able to reduce the hardware footprint sure. and being able to uh, adopt that kind of technology is incredibly exciting. Um, I spoke about the fact that we've got this broadcast capability that's coming along. Um, all of these capabilities are coming through being interconnected in such a way that you have a very rich set of capabilities as an end user and that even small businesses that don't have big IT budgets have got access to this enterprise-grade uh, productivity with all of the necessary security and management tools. So it all seems exciting, all seems to be out in the cloud as well, so less, in, less kind of headaches, less things to worry about within your local IT, less resources that you've got to stock up. Rather kind of pay for the experts to do what they do, make sure your data centers is up and running, and just kind of leverage those services. Absolutely. Makes, that, that makes complete sense. All right, Ariel, thank you very much for popping in. Um, if you need to get more information, should we follow the Microsoft account, the South African Twitter account? What would Absolutely. that be? Is it at Microsoft SA? At Microsoft SA. Okay, just checking. And then the Microsoft South Africa website, Microsoft.co.za. I'm taking a flying guess here. <laughs> no, I'm assuming it's out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of the stuff will be coming out. Obviously, we'll keep a close um, eye on it and we'll get you guys back in as new things are available because lots of businesses, big and small, need this kind of tech to operate. So just one of those, one of those things. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you. So um, this is another wraps up, another talking tech with the techie guy. Another hour yet again has flown past. Um, so the podcast will be available. Don't forget to download the app. I don't know why you haven't done it yet. Um, people really should be doing that. Um, and yes, thank you. This is another show. Um, we'll look out for us. After this, um, what I do have to say is that MTN Business has sponsored this show. So what do we need to do? What do we need just about more than anything in today's digital world is to protect your data? Well, MTN Business has the solution, something that can look after your bottom line, grow your top line, and safeguard your data. That's MTN Business Cloud. MTN Business Cloud has been created to build African businesses and is provided by the world's leading cloud solution from Microsoft. We just heard about that. Big and small businesses can benefit from this true hybrid cloud solution, leveraging MTN's global network. For more information, email sales at mtnbusiness.co.za or visit mtnbusiness.co.za. That's sales at mtnbusiness.co.za or go directly to the website mtnbusiness.co.za. Welcome to the new world of business. I've just landed a big Pan-African contract, but setting up new ICT infrastructure isn't as easy as it is in South Africa. How can I give my other offices the same capabilities? You need MTN Business Cloud, powered by Microsoft Technology. Our hybrid cloud solution offers on-demand computing resources, reduced infrastructure costs, and service across our global MPLS network covering 23 countries. Isn't it time you found out about the cloud solution built to build African businesses? Welcome to the new world of business. Talking Tech. With the Techie Guy, Leon Segev, on cliffcentral.com.